Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the 32nd edition of Where They At. My name is Nabate Isles, and it's always a pleasure to speak with great individuals in their particular sport, people that really paved the way for how the sport, their particular sport, is played today. And I want to introduce this gentleman. Before I uh, introduce him, I want to make sure to let you know to subscribe and or rate Where They At on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, etc. And you'll be able to hear many other episodes with legendary figures in the world of sports. Now, I want to introduce this gentleman who's one of the most decorated players in United States hockey history. He was the first U.S.-born player to lead the NHL in goals in the 1996-97 season for the Phoenix Coyotes. It was their first year when they, after they moved from Winnipeg. He was a five-time NHL All-Star and one of five American-born players to score 500 career goals. 2011 inductee into the United States Hockey Hall of Fame as he represented the USA on eight different teams, including the gold medal winning team in the 1996 World Cup of Hockey, one of the greatest teams ever assembled, and the silver medal winning team in the 2002 Winter Olympics in Salt Lake City, which was on U.S. soil. It is my pleasure to introduce the one and only Mr. Keith Kachuk on Where They At. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good, thank you. And, and I want to ask you, first and foremost, how are you and your family doing through this pandemic and how pretty surreal this whole experience has been for you? <laughs> yes, you know, it's, it's crazy, obviously. Uh, thanks for having me. And, Absolutely. you know, so far, so good. Everybody's good. Uh, we're living here in St. Louis. My daughter started high school, to, uh, started her first day of uh, senior high school so wow you know, i can't believe how fast that's gone by and obviously my two boys are yes right there and matthew's playing right now but uh you know everything everything's good everything's really good well that's good now you know it's interesting like i hear that taryn is the best athlete between the three between the three kids is that true is that true as she goes um, to the university of virginia she's committed to university she's, virginia, she's right? uh she'll, field hockey. she'll play field hockey at the university of virginia next year um yeah when you have two older brothers and basically she gets thrown out there on the driveway when they're playing hockey basketball whatever they're playing they make her play. And I think that really helped her become a really uh, good athlete. Uh, she's good at everything and she's competitive and she's got a little bit of the boys in her too, which you don't really see in, in women's sports. So she gets a little feisty out there. Ah, uh, yes, indeed. Get They get it from the, from the patriarch, you know, how you played the game for sure. <laughs> yeah, there's, no, there's no freebies in our house. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Now, Matthew is safe. I mean, there have been glowing reviews about the bubble. They have two locations, Toronto, Ontario, as well as Edmonton, Alberta. Having Matthew being part of the, the bubble in Edmonton, talk about how that makes you feel as a father to see that your son is all right. Yeah, I mean, they've done a good job. The NHL has done an excellent job uh, with everybody, the staff, the amount of people that are coming in, uh, the players have done a good job, the, the staff at the rinks, the hotels, and the people they have coming in to do the testing. And he was telling me that they're doing the, the testing like every day. It's mandatory testing, and, and you can't get in or do anything until you get tested every day. So it's pretty interesting, and I'm glad he's doing okay. There's no positive tests, so that's a great thing for the sport of hockey, and it's fun to watch. I mean, I know it's obvious, but you know what? To have hockey on all day, it's pretty damn cool, you know, just to flick it on right now, you know, and watch a game. So uh, everything's been good. The NHL's done an excellent job. Gary Batman, Bill Daly, and everybody, the PA, the, everybody, the people working at the rinks are spending hours away from their family, and they're doing a great job. And you mentioned that Brady's with you, like he's hanging out at home? Yeah, he's actually, uh, yeah, we've been playing golf a lot. So uh, the been perfect here in St. Louis. So I'm dragging him out there early in the morning, which I don't think he's a big fan of getting up early, but I like to play early. So, but he's working hard. He knows it's, it's going to be a long time before they actually start up again. So yeah, yep. you know, he's getting some work done and get on the ice. And he, you know what? I got to give Brady credit. He's, you know, we started our, our youth hockey AAA teams and all that. And he skated with some of those kids, which is a big thrill for those kids to see Brady out there skating. And, and Brady kind of acts like a kid. So he, he works, <laughs> blends in really well with the kids and kind of acts like kids. But so it's good having him around. But I know, you know he'd like to get back playing once everything, this pandemic gets, uh, you know, once they get a vaccine and, and, you know, get rid of this thing and get back to business as usual for everybody. 
Yes, yes, indeed. Hope, hope it's sooner than later from your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> sure, you know, absolutely. And, and I want to talk more about your sons because it's, it's just amazing uh, being a great player yourself. They're both, they both became elite prospects and they already are all-stars, you know. And what was your approach in exposing them to the game and seeing that they naturally gravitated to the game, that you didn't feel like you were pressuring them? Well, you know, just because you're an NHL player or an athlete doesn't mean your kids are going to be, you know, I think it's just, you know, we let them, we want, we, we said, what do you want to do? And when they were kids, they love to be active. They like to play sports, any sport. And I think it's important to play all sports. But I think once they, you know, young kids, they're always coming to lock, you know, dress, you know, the rink to practice or coming to watch dad. So. So, um, they spent a lot of time there. I think that helped a lot in areas where it's important when kids go to the first time to an NHL locker room, they're starstruck. So, mm-hmm. you know, just being around and being around the game, I think it's really gave them a leg up and they've worked really hard to get where they are and they're having a blast. They're living the dream. And, you know, I'm living, you know, the life that my parents lived watching their son play hockey and yes. you know, two boys playing. It's, it's, uh, it's great every night, you know, whenever we can and when we're on the TV, we don't miss. Wow. I know. I know. Um, St. Louis was where the all-star game was at uh, this past year, 2020. And, and wow. How was that celebratory weekend? I mean, goodness uh, it was, first of all, that's the last good thing that happened, you know, in 2020 for us, you know, right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Matthew obviously got named to it beforehand, like everybody else. And mm-hmm. we're really excited, you know, for him, he was pumped for us and we were pumped for him and, for him to come back to St. Louis where it all started, where he grew up, the rink that he grew up coming to watching and cheering on the St. Louis Blues, to be able to do that in his hometown was pretty special. And then, you know, two or three days before it, you know, uh, started, Brady got the call when he was on, you know, spring break or wherever, all-star all break in uh-huh. Bahamas or something, having a good time. So <laughs> for him to get to do it and for us to celebrate and having family and friends and, you know, my parents came in, it was, it was pretty cool. And, you know, do it with the skills competition, which was way better than the game. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's, and then they both played each other in the finals um, in, the, in that all-star game, and Matthew won and rubbed it in pretty good to his brother. Brady, Brady, they're both – Brady was just happy to be there, and they both had a blast. It was so much fun. Yeah, because I noticed Matthew stole that puck from Brady to speak the comeback in the final, you know, with the Pacific. He talks about that all the time, too. Yeah, he mentions that. He brings that up all the time. (laughs) Wow, that's amazing, sir. And um, now I I wanted to, you know, it's funny. They exhibit the passion and confidence and identity already as young players. You know, young players can be timid, even with the skill set. But when it comes to being more aggressive, they kind of take back, you know, but they just had that confidence from the beginning and they've gotten some criticism, but Hey, that's what you taught them, right? Taught them to, to be themselves and, and play with passion. And I love a quote that, that Matthew said when, when you said there are two things that you ask yourself at the end of every game, did you compete and were you a good teammate? seems like they're already on that, on that level. Yeah. I try to teach that to them at a young age. I think it's important to be respected by your teammates and go in there and, and be a leader and, and do the right thing. And, you know, and compete is just a, a thing that we all grew up in. You got to be hungry. You have to want it. And, and if you do those things, you know, not every night's going to be perfect. And But if you give everything you have and, and you do all the right things in the locker room on the ice for your team, I think you can live with yourself. And they've done a good job. When they're not producing, they find a way to bring energy to the team in different ways. And I think that's important to be a multidimensional player in this league nowadays. Those are hard to come by, those players. Yeah, absolutely. And what do you think of the criticism and how they, how it just goes off their shoulder? Like it's nothing, yeah, you know? It, you know, it's anybody who has kids, everything's, every kid's different. I mean, Matthew doesn't bother him. Nothing like, you know, the, you know, some of the, some of the things, you know, walking that fine line or uh, crossing the line once in a while and, mm-hmm. you know, gets criticized from different, but he doesn't, it doesn't bother him. I mean, you know, him giving it back to guys and guys, it, nothing bothers Brady sometimes it bothers him, but you know, that's mm-hmm. the, you know, the nature of having two different personalities as children, you know, um, but, you know, Brady's more, gets more pissed off and wants to kill somebody. Matthew just laughs, shrugs it off and has a little care. Uh. <laughs> but Matthew's definitely quicker in that category than Brady is. Mm-hmm. One liners and stuff. Matthew and Brady, do they train with you during the off season? They're, they got there. They usually f- live in Toronto during the off season and train with Gary Roberts. So he, uh, they really like him, but with everything going on, 
you know, the travel and the, you know, the ban of traveling and the hectic schedule of not knowing when you're going to play again. So they're going to probably just train here for now. And we'll see how it goes, you know, depending on what happens. And I wanted to, um, you know, ask you this question, which will be interesting. Check this out. Now, now you never played in a cup final, unfortunately. Um, but say if this happened, if the Calgary Flames face the Ottawa Senators, I think that will happen down the road as both teams have bright futures. And it will be each of your son's first Stanley Cup final if they play each other how tough will it be to watch? Because one of them, only one of them could be a cup, could hold that cup. Yeah, that would probably have to come down to a, you know, a little bit of Tito's or um, Michelob Baltrus to settle me down. So I don't know. Uh, that would be tough, you know. I think Ottawa's a little bit of ways to get to there, but that would be something else. That would be too stressful because yeah, the, the, you honestly, the person who won, if that would ever happen, I would feel bad for him because – we wouldn't probably be there to, you know, share for him, even though we'd be happy for him. We'd be more concerned about probably about the one who lost and probably take away a little bit, but, you know, hopefully they'll have many of them to go down the line and have a couple chances at Stanley Cups and we don't have to run to that. That's right. That's right. It'll be just like, uh, just, it'll be, you'll feel like Archie Manning, you know, like Eli, <laughs> Eli and Peyton each have two. So, yeah. hey, you know what I mean? <laughs> Hey, it's nice. It's a heck of a party. My wife knows how to throw a party. So. Yeah. Oh, yes, indeed. Chantel, the matriarch, you know. Yeah. Like, yes, indeed. Take care of the house. Without her, we'd all be screwed. <laughs> For sure. Like, I've always learned, always listen to the woman. I've learned yeah. that, you know. <laughs> so while here on the 32nd edition of Where They At with the great Keith Kachuk, United States Hockey Hall of Famer, uh, one of five American players to score 500 goals in a career. Definitely one of the toughest and skilled individuals in the history of the game. So, Keith, now, Dale Howachuk, uh, he passed away recently, and he was a, a fellow great Winnipeg Jet. But it was interesting, you came in right after he was traded to Buffalo. I don't think you played with him. So, But, but Dale Howachuk, what, what, did, what did his legacy and the way he played the game mean to you? Well, you know what? It was funny because, you know, obviously, what a terrible, terrible way. Very, very too young. For yes, him. 57, yeah. We were part of the – we were actually part of a trade that sent him uh, from Winnipeg to Buffalo. I was in that trade. Um, oh, wow. They flipped Winnipeg. I think it was uh, Dale going to Buffalo. Okay. Bill Housley and something else, and they flip-flopped first round picks uh-huh. and I was in that first round pick. I was one of those first round picks, uh, yeah, right. so, and, um, but you know, I'd go in there and, you know, you just say, you know, being a kid, you don't, being from Boston, you didn't watch a lot of Winnipeg Jets games unless mm-hmm. they played the Bruins. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously you knew who Dale Horacek was and being a, you know, a number one pick and going in there and contributing on the ice, what he did. But more importantly is, the love that he had, the people like every when I went there, it was all Deal Harachuk. Harachuk this, and he was just tremendously involved in the city and well liked, loved up there. And it's just, it's just a shame. And you know, he's a guy that's probably you know battled cancer and, and beat it, and then yeah. all the next thing you know, and, and it's just, it's, it's a terrible thing. It's a sad day for hockey and sad day for Winnipeg and sad day for his family and friends and all the fans that. Uh, you know, got to see him play, and he was just a real special person. That's right. Long live Duck. Long live. He was, he was, and that's, he was one of the players that made me into the game of hockey, you know, like be in the late 80s, mid to late 80s. I was just, I was into those skilled players like Dale Howachuk for sure, you know, definitely. Oh, he's still Dale. loved, man. He was always loved up in Winnipeg. I mean, they, that's mm-hmm. all this talked about. And it's just a sad day. It's a, you know, there's a lot of kids out there that got to live their dream because they're a big deal. Howard Chuck's fan. He was quietly a an underrated superstar, if that makes sense. I mean, he always had to go against Gretzky out in the West and those Winnipeg Edmonton. Edmonton, yep. <laughs> you look at the numbers. I mean, those are scary numbers. What he did, and you know, he put Winnipeg on the you know you know in, in a great situation, and you know he'll be missed. 
Right. Yes, indeed. And, and I want to talk about your beginnings. And you grew up in Melrose, Massachusetts, right outside of Boston. Your father, John, firefighter. So praise, praises to him for being on the front line, putting his life on the line to help people. And Geraldine, your mother, you know, like they just encourage you to play sports and you had three siblings, you know, talk about that, that support that your parents gave and how, and it's beautiful that they're still alive and healthy. Yeah, it is. It's great. You know, uh, my mom was a house, housewife and my dad worked two jobs. So he was a Boston fireman and he went from right out of the Marines right to the Boston Fire Department. And mm. he did that till your mandatory retirement at 65. So uh, in Boston, it's it's very busy to be a fireman there. So, um, you know, they grew up in Charlestown, Massachusetts, which was right there in Boston, right near the garden. So they mm. encouraged us to play a lot of sports and we kept busy and, um, you know, it's, uh, it was a great ride. I mean, um, you know, they did everything, you know, they could to let us do what we wanted to do paycheck to paycheck and, and battled and scraped. And my dad had two jobs and you know, it was fun. It was fun. And uh, luckily they're still alive to see, you know, uh, my, my kids getting to do it yes, and, yes, them and coming out here and us going there. So it's, uh, it's been a good ride and, uh, you know, there's nothing like having family. Wow, no doubt about that. And tell and tell the story of um, when you were seven years old. What you know, your love for hockey. You know, what made you love the sport at that age? <laughs> you know what? Just you know, being a Boston Bruins fan, and and you know, just you know, my my mom basically got us into it because my cousin played. And I remember my first time, like every other kid, put on those skates. They were like they were freaking, they would kill you. They were hurt and they were so tight, and we didn't realize they were like. <laughs> Two sizes too small for you, but you know, I remember my mom telling me just stop crying and get back out there, and you know, the rest is history. It took off, and I love the sport. And you know, I played all sorts of sports: football, hockey, baseball, and you know, we were always busy back then. There was no like, you go down the park, and you know, you, you don't come back unless you know you're the, the it gets dark out, the lights are getting on, your mom's yelling out the window like in the old days. <laughs> come on over dinner, you know. So it was it was good. I, I was very lucky. Well, no doubt about that. And, and, and Tom Fitzgerald, your cousin, you yeah. know, who came up in, uh, in, in, Bill, in um, uh, Bellarica, uh, Massachusetts. And I interviewed Tom Glavin, who played hockey against <laughs> Tom Fitzgerald. So he's from that area. So, uh, wow. So Tom, how did Tom give you that guiding influence, especially when you were becoming a pro? Well, it's always nice when you have cousins who play the sport that you love. And he was three or four years older than me. So I was always watch him and, you know, you wanted to be like him. So he, you know, with my mom pushing me to, you know, get me involved in hockey and me watching him, I wanted to be just like him. And, you know, he went off to have a great high school career, college career, and then he turned his first round pick, played pro, played a thousand games. And now he's a GM of the New Jersey Devils. So mm-hmm. it was pretty cool. It was good. It was good. Yeah, absolutely. And it was cool playing against him for the first time too. You know, uh, and I remember, I think it was up in Winnipeg, we played against each other. So it was, it was, it was, uh, it was fun seeing, you know, two guys from the you know, cousins that played in the NHL. I was happy for, you know, my family and his family. Did you check them at all? You know, did you guys get? <laughs> yeah, both. Yeah. I mean, there's no room. I mean, there's no friends out there, cousins. <laughs> out there. It's just the way it goes. It's business. You know, you want to get out there. I'm sure I didn't run them hard because I don't want to look. <laughs> my mom but uh yeah we you know if he was in the way get out of you know i would have done whatever it took to get him out of the way well and and now when how was it to to um play your early years in winnipeg a city that's so far away from where you grew up and a city is so different uh you know how how did you get used to that culture shock well, I didn't know much about it, to be honest with you. You know, we don't learn a lot of, you know, Canadian <laughs> geography like everybody else learns about us. <laughs> so, you know, um, and I remember when we got drafted, when I got drafted, I think my mom cried because she had no idea what Winnipeg was. And realistically, it's it's not as far as people think. You know, you, far as Van- from Boston is Vancouver cool. and Edmonton and Calgary, you know. and Yep. You know, basically, Winnipeg just right above Minnesota slash, you know, North Dakota. So it's, uh, you know, so I went there. Um, I think I played in the Olympics in 92 and then mm-hmm. came over a night and then went right there. And, uh, you know, I actually met the team on the road and um, played a couple of games and flew back like late at night because we had to play a back-to-back game or something. I got home and I'm like, 
got back to Winnipeg and it was like pitch dark and it was cold as hell. It was in February too, late February. Early oh, it's oh, I got to play my first home game. It was pretty special. Great arena, great fans. They call it friendly Manitoba. They love their hockey. Uh, but man, was it cold up there. But it was a fun place to play. I loved it. Wow, no, no doubt. I, I'm, and, and that's the thing, because that's their team. You know, the Jets are like yeah. what the Packers are to Green Bay. You know what I mean? Like that type of thing, you know, where it's like they, they love their, their local team for sure. Who are your vets coming up in Winnipeg, the, the, you know, the veterans that really looked out for you to, to teach you how to have a lasting career? Yeah, you know what? Uh, there was a bunch of them. I mean, we were an older team when I first got there. Troy Murray, who was the captain of the Winnipeg Jets, right. who was uh-huh. in Chicago doing the uh, Chicago Blackhawks broadcast on the mm-hmm. radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, Randy Carlisle, who played a long time in the NHL. Right. Yeah. Uh, Phil Housley was there. Mike Waller, who played for Montreal. There were so many guys that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was, it was pretty cool. And guys always give you a, a helping hand and a little bit when you need here and there and how to be a pro. And this is the first time for me being away from home, basically, because I went to college at BU, but it was 10 minutes away from my house. Yep. So, yeah, I was on my own. But here I was really on my own. I mean, you had to grow up pretty quick at that age where there's no technology or phones or cell phones. I mean, everything is, is different. I mean, you're now you're a big boy. You just get thrown to the fire. But uh, – it was a tight-knit group. Uh, when you play in a city like that, you do a lot together as a team, which I think is very important. Eddie Olchuk gave yeah, me Eddie O's. That, that was another guy. I forgot about Eddie O. Eddie was the first guy. Yeah, he gave me my nickname. Exactly, because uh, there was a Walker Chuck. I told you, I left Eddie off there, because Eddie and I spent a lot of time together on the road having dinners. He took care of me. And, uh, yeah, when I first went into the locker room, Eddie Olchuk uh, said your new nickname's Walt, because Walt Kachuk for the old, uh, old player from the Rangers, who – that's no relation, and you know the spelling is not even—it's different than my name. But uh, when you're a 19-year-old kid going to an NHL locker room, and a veteran guy gives you your nickname, and then you just take it and say, "Okay, no exactly, exactly." It's better than holding. He was a great guy. He was. He was great. Yeah, yeah. It's better than holding a pink book bag like the rooks got to do now. <laughs> it's a little different nowadays, uh, but uh, you know. Different world we live in, so you got to be careful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true that. <laughs> wow, but but now you are announced as team captain in only your second season at age twenty-one. You know, like like how proud did that make you to to show to be voted a captain? You know, and 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 show your maturity at such a young age. Well, it was, it was probably a little bit too early in my career to get that, but I did get it. I thought it, it was playing better, and we're going through a transition. They wanted to give it to me, and, you know, um, you know, that's another thing you learn pretty quickly. You know, you're thrown into the fire, and you got to handle different things that you're not normally used to handling, whether it's the media or the team, and not necessarily sometimes you're not playing well, and you feel like you have to say something, and it, it, was, it, was, it was a lot of responsibility, and you know, I felt looking back now, it would have been nice to wait another year or two. Mm. But uh, it was pretty. It was a great honor to be able to be captain of an NHL team, and something I never thought that would actually happen. But it happened, and it happened pretty quickly. Well, but you know what? You became a star of that team. You know, very early too. So well, it was. It was. It was fun. It was fun. I, I played with a lot of great players um, that deserve a lot of credit too. Well, no doubt, no doubt. And uh, here on the 32nd episode of Where They At with the great Keith Kachuk, uh, one of the great hockey players in the history of the United States and one of the great power, quote unquote, power forwards in the history of the game, for sure. Um, Now, uh, Keith, now what was up with you being, with your captain being taken away because of the whole situation with Chicago signing you and, and then yeah. the Jets matched, matched the offer sheet? You know, what was that situation like for you? How frustrating it was? Well, the whole negotiations was tough. And, you know, a, a lot of things went wrong at that time. You know, I probably handled things wrong and the team I felt, you know, could have done something differently. And so we're at a stalemate and, you know, I was – you know, I flew into Chicago because you can do that when you're a free agent. Not that I was unrestricted, but I was restricted. And 
we mulled things over. They sent me an offer sheet, and when I got when um, I think the Winnipeg Jets got it, like the next day on Monday morning, they matched it right away. I flew there Monday, and next thing you know, I was meeting with the coach GM and said, "You're not going to be the captain anymore." And it was tough. It was really tough. But when you look back, it's it was probably good. It's, it was expected, you know. But it was a bit of a shock. But at the time, you know, because you're thinking you're going to go back and everything's good, but. There was a lot of hurt feelings on both sides, and but we moved on. We finished the season, then I moved to Arizona and, you know, got it back. How great was that to be one of the stars of the of the uh, movement of hockey in the United States, the, the visibility of hockey in the 90s? Of course, Wayne started it when he uh, went to the Los Angeles Kings, and then all the teams. You, you had the Atlanta Thrashers. You had the Phoenix Coyotes, you know, and everything, teams like that. So how great was it to be a star at that time as, you, as hockey was being built up in the U.S.? Yeah, I mean, one of the things, you know, growing up in Boston, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, you're, everybody remembers the, the 1980 Olympic team, mm-hmm. the US team, what they did, and that kind of was a, you know, a stepping stone for me, you know, or a lot of American people my age that wanted to play in the NHL, and so I got to do that, and, you know, then got to represent my country, and, and, That's right. you know, and it wasn't when I first went to Winnipeg, there wasn't a lot of uh, Americans, period. Uh, in the NHL, um, and I don't even know the numbers now, but it's pretty crazy to think how many there are. But I mean, you know, with with like you said, with Gretzky going to California with playing LA, and the the U.S. players and the Olympics and the World Cups, I think it generated a lot of interest uh, around the league and the leagues done a great job of expansion all over the place. And now you're not just seeing the typical Massachusetts, Michigan, and Minnesota kids in the NHL. You're seeing kids from Missouri, you know, Illinois, California, Texas, you know, Florida. So this is right there. I mean, New York has done a great job with uh, developing players and it's all over. I mean, you're going to see kids from Vegas eventually down the line. That's right. (laughs) You know, they've done in Vegas and, Arizona, I mean, with, you know, uh, Austin Matthews, I mean, it's pretty cool to see. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And and uh, it's very, it's interesting. Like with Phoenix, that was Jerry Corlangelo, who I had as a guest as well on where yeah. they at. You know, uh, was someone that that made sure that uh, the team came down to Phoenix. Talk about uh, working with uh, Mr. Corlangelo because he's such a well, he's a great guy. I got to meet him a few times, and obviously he was the son's uh, owner and mm-hmm. was a big part of bringing the Arizona Coyotes at the time it was Phoenix Coyotes, now the Arizona Coyotes, but. You know what, if I just, I can't believe what a great job everybody did involved because the season ended in April and we had to be there in August, September, you know, to, to start the season and things went pretty quickly. And that, that arena was not built for just, it wasn't built for hockey. It was built for basketball. Mm-hmm. There were some things that had to get done there, but all in all, it was, it was a great transition, and we had some good years there, and it was a fun place to play in America West Arena. But Jerry Klein was an unbelievable guy, just a big presence, a well-liked guy, and I, I really enjoyed uh, getting to know him. Well, no, absolutely. What a, what a uh, class act for sure. Absolutely. And uh, now I, I want to ask you that 96 World Cup of hockey team defeating Canada, coming back from a one nothing series deficit to beat them in Montreal. I mean, that team, Brian Leach, Phil Housley, Chris Chelios, Mike Madonna, Tony Amante. I'm looking at the, Brett Hall, Pat LaFontaine, Doug Waite, yourself, Gary Suter. I mean, is that the greatest U.S. hockey team ever? It's got to be up there. And, you know, it was, it, was, it was a bunch of guys that just at the right age, with some of the little bit older guys, you know, Joel Otto and mm-hmm. some of the other guys were a little bit older, but it was mostly guys in their prime. And, you know, we had a good time. We played hard, but we played hard off the ice too. And I think we bought it really well. Lou <laughs> yep. uh, was the boss and Ronnie Wilson was the coach. And it was just uh, everything gelled at the right time. And that – month of experience, you know, training together and playing, you know, the round robin games and we traveled everywhere. It was a, it was tough travel. Mm-hmm. And then to, you know, win that thing up in Montreal, uh, Mike Richter was phenomenal. Oh, Mike Richter. Oh, yes. Yeah, without him, that, 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 none of this is possible. But you look at a lot of those players, I mean, some elite, elite hockey players. And I know, 
the players that are American now use that stepping stone in 96 to, to get where they were, the Canes and, you know, a lot of the great American players, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, no doubt. And Mike Richter, how can I forget him? Because I grew up a Rangers fan. I'm a New Yorker. So, you know, 94 Rangers, that's like. <laughs> yeah, you can't forget him because he's the reason why we won that World Cup. That's right. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You see, I think too much about offense. <laughs> right. Hey, that four goalies. That's a lot of pressure being a goalie, though. Yeah, that, that's fair. And, and I, I asked Grant Fuhr this on the show. Like, the goaltender position must be the most pressure, especially in the Stanley Cup player. Play Playoffs. Oh God, is that the most pressure filled I hate I'd hate to be a as a, a youth hockey player being a, a goalie parent. That must be so stressful. <laughs> because those guys are the easy, easiest one to blame. I mean, you have to give up a bad goal. Give Kerry Price it like yesterday. Yeah. One nothing game, and he's a great goaltender. And that was a a goal that I'm sure, you know, Montreal media is probably getting on him for that. Right. Yeah. And it, like you said, it's tough because when you have a Carey Price, who's the best goalie in hockey, pretty much, and, and just that if he gives up a goal, uh, it's like that's the thing. People remember the, you know, the, the, the low parts of, of a career, which are very few and far in between when it's yeah. compared to the great parts, you know? Yeah, it's, I'm just glad my kids weren't goalies. I, that's why <laughs> I shot tennis balls as hard as possible at them so they wouldn't be goalies. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, indeed. No doubt. That's smart. That's smart. I like that. Probably not good parenting, but uh, you know what? <laughs> oh, no, tennis ball. If it was baseballs or something, throwing yeah, it, then that, that's, that's, that's when the police might be coming over. No, <laughs> no. They booted me off of that. Right. <laughs> well, and, and, and St. Louis, you made the move to St. Louis, uh, and, and you proved that you had a lot in the tank because you had some injury problems. But, but then going to the, to the conference finals with St. Louis, but running into to the powerful Colorado Avalanche. Talk about how that resurrection in your career was really great and helping St. Louis hockey in general come back. Yeah, it was a great move. Uh, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen in Arizona, but it was time to move on. Things got a little sealed there, and, you know, it worked out for both. You know, got traded there and traded here in St. Louis, and, you know, we had a good team, and we made a great run that year, and, uh, yeah, we ran into Forsberg. Well, Forsberg was hurt, you know, while they had Sackett. Bork, mm-hmm. Blake, Patrick Waugh, Adam Foyt, you know, he do they, they were stacked. And uh, that series could have went either way. But, um, you know, I fell in love with St. Louis. This is where the kids grew up. And obviously, um, you know, a big part of that was the youth hockey that was already established before my kids got into it. And it was just a lot of fun being a part of that and helping grow the game. And, you know, now we're seeing tons of guys and not just you know, it's great that some of them are playing the NHL, but for me, it was more establishing a world, you know, a big network here of, of helping kids get to junior, kids get into college to live their dreams because not everybody can afford college. And, to be, and if you can use a sport, you know, to get a scholarship, hey, that's, you know, I mean, you know how much colleges are nowadays. <laughs> yeah. You know, people are in debt for a long time. And, you know, to, to be able to coach kids that my boys played on that were able to, know go to college and and play four years of of a varsity sport that was more more gratifying to me than it was a kid in the NHL Mm, dig that dig that wow and and with um St. Louis and and everything and and now that's your home what made you love the city of St. Louis to to stay there to this day you know if you said to me when I was my first part of my career, you know, when you visit cities, you, you visit your downtown because you're playing. And so all you see is downtown. And at the time it wasn't, uh, you know, one of those places where, Oh my God, I got to come here and live here because it's so it wasn't great downtown. So mm-hmm. and then you always heard stories about the alumni and the people that have played here and stayed here. And so we, we moved here. We just, you know, you live 20 minutes outside the city and it's a great place to live. I mean, the mm-hmm. weather is great. You're a central, you know, U.S. Um, it's great schools out here. And the most important thing, it's great people. And yeah. just really normal, down-to-earth people. And we just fell in love with it. Got to meet a lot of people through school, through soccer, hockey, baseball, and just fell in love with it. So I'm I've been here since 2000, 2001, so 20 years. 
Wow, amazing, amazing. And in and, and 2002, I want to ask you about the Olympic team in 2002, Salt Lake City, U.S. soil, um, getting the silver medal, bittersweet, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say it was, it was disappointing because you still come away with a, an incredible men, uh, medal, but, you know, boy, we were going so good. And we, I think we just ran out of steam based on the game we played before against the Russians that took a lot out of us and mm -hmm. Canada struggled up to the metal rounds and then just took off. And it was, a, it was the two best teams in the world playing against each other. It was great for TV, a great event being part of that. But, uh, you know, it was, it was a tough loss, but at the end of the day, you still come back the medal and it was a pretty cool experience. Great experience to be part of the Olympics. Are you kidding me? It's, but you know, it was bittersweet. That's for sure. We're disappointed. Wow. Well, no doubt. And uh, your style of play being physical, but having skills, you know, that's many players like that, that came up, you know, like yourself and especially scoring a high amount of goals and, and being able to drop the gloves if you need to drop the gloves, you know, for sure. How hard was it on, on you mentally and physically having to do both for your team and, and be like, you know, be the heart and soul, but also be the, the skill of the team too? Well, you know, first off, you want to go out and play as well as you can. But there are times where, you know, you might have to do something to help out your team or get your team going or, mm -hmm. quite frankly, you're just pissed off, you know, and, and, and it's part of the game. And I think it's part of the game that, you know, I think the fans like. And, you know, it, it not only helps your teammate, but it helps you get up for, you know, to get your butt going. So it's, you know, it's it's a little different nowadays. Things have changed. You won't see much of that. But, uh you know, that's why those guys that who can do uh, be multidimensional are more valuable to their team and just being, you know, one dimensional. You want to be able to fit in a lot of different areas to help your team win. And, you know, I love playing physical. I love, you know, the, that side of the game. Are there any players now in this day and age that that resemble your style of play that really has other than your sons? You know, your sons are there, you know. <laughs> but definitely Matthew and Brady, we know they they're they're cut from the same cloth as you, but I mean, other players. You yeah, know. it's you know, there's you know, Jamie Ben, I think, is an elite player who can play physical. Obviously that Tom Wilson is better than people uh give credit to and mm -hmm. You know, this is, you know, it's dwindling a little bit because it's such a global sport now where you're having a lot of Europeans and a lot of guys from different countries that are so highly skilled and the game is great. So you're not going to see a lot of that stuff going on with the physical play and, and, and the fighting. So you're seeing more of a skilled, fast game and the game is great. I mean, it's, you're watching these playoffs and, it's, you know, you, when you watch, you know, certain teams, you know, it's, it's, so fast and you got to be able to play at a high pace and, and have a skilled game to be able to, you know, make it in the league nowadays. No, no doubt. And, and being one of five players to have 500 career goals from the United States of America, Brett Hull, Joe Mullen, Mike Madano, Jeremy Roenick, and yourself. Now, now, do you think like you're in the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame? Are you, you deserve to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame for sure. Like when, you know, do you feel like that needs to happen sooner than later? Or are you just like, whatever, if it happens, it happens. You know what, if it happens, it happens. I got no control over it. You know, my career is over. Um, you know, it's out of my hands. Um, you know, if it happened, I'd be, you know, tickled pink because that would be incredible to be, you know, part of the elite of the elite, you know, and, uh, but, you know, I just go about my business, you know, and, you know, work for the St. Louis Blues right now. Um, you know, I get to watch my kids play. I play a lot of golf. Some days it's good. Some days it's not so good. <laughs> so, you know, if that happened, that'd be great. You know, my mom would always tells me she'd love for that to happen. And obviously my kids and my wife and my daughter. So we'll see what happens. Maybe someday. Well, let me tell you, the golf game for me is never that good. I'm a driving range guy. That's it. You know, I got no touch at all. You know? <laughs> or what? Well, no, I, I love doing it because I get to do it with my kids and but I have to be the first guy off the tee too. I don't like playing. I can't. I'm I'm like a two hour round, two and a half hour round too. I play, oh. oh yeah. 
The foursome sometimes it might get to three, but anything over three is unacceptable for me. <laughs> wow, deep. So you like yeah. Everybody in my club knows that, so it's all good. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, here with the great Keith Kachuk, uh, one of the great hockey players that ever come out of the United States of America. Five hundred career goals, five-time NHL All-Star, also represented eight different teams for Team USA in the Olympics and other world competitions. Uh, now, Keith. Uh, Kevin Hayes, your cousin, plays with Philly, doing well. You know, Philly, uh, we just talked about that with, um, with Carey Price and everything and talk about how the whole family is just filled with talent. <laughs> I, it's through marriage. His mom and I, our families grew up together. And obviously, I talked to Kevin's dad, Kevin, the other day because <laughs> he was just, we were laughing at the whole lottery system. And obviously, Kevin's had a great year this year. He really has. And obviously... You know, being in Philly, it's obviously a tough place to play, but they have a great team. They've had a great year. They're doing well, and he's the big part of that. Um, they have a good chance. I mean, it's, it's tight, but I'm happy for him. Not bad for a kid from Dorchester, Massachusetts. Yes, yes, indeed. And Ale Vignon has done a great job with that Flyers team. Oh, he was a scout when I was in first got traded, I believe, to St. Louis. So mm-hmm. he's been around a long time. He's quietly got a ridiculous record as a coach, so – Obviously, he gets the most out of his players. You don't see him get heated up on the bench. He's always seems right. calm, cool, and collected. He's got everything going. And, um, you know, in, in Philly, you know, goaltending and coaches are probably the worst two things to be <laughs> for athletes, for teams in Philadelphia, because you know how rough and tumble those fans can be. So you better have thick skin. You're a goalie in Philadelphia, uh, coach a manager, a starting pitcher, you know, it's, it's, you know, even Santa Claus got, <laughs> that's right, he got booed, that's yeah. right. <laughs> got snowballs that thrown at him, you know, it's, it's <laughs> you know, they're, they're tough, but it's, Always a great play. It seems like a great place to play. Larry Brown, I had Larry Brown on the show, so he knows all about that <laughs> when he coached the 76ers yeah. Yeah, with AI, you know? So, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's more babysitting that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> indeed. Well, something I wanted to ask you is that the NHL visibility, you know, overall, it's it's declined through the years. Like, And, I mean, they, they're not even really on primetime television no more. It's basically NBC Sports Network, which is cable. So if you you were the commissioner of the NHL, Keith Kachuk. What would you do to really bring that visibility out and bring bring the popularity of the game back? Well, I, I don't know the exact numbers and what's going on, but obviously, I mean, unfortunately through this pandemic, I think having hockey on prime time now with the NBC, you know, I think is going to really kickstart it. But you got to continue to, you know, um, you know, sell your stars of the game, uh, the McDavid's, even though he plays up in Edmonton, you know, mm-hmm. and Pitt. Um, but, you know, you, you, people people have to come see the game live first. They, they have to come see a game live. I think that's important. Um, you know, it's a very diverse game now, which is great for everybody, for the sport of hockey. I mean, you've got so many different global kids from Europe. You have, you know, kids from – Southern United States are playing in the NHL. I think it's such a great game, but you got to continue to sell it. It's a fast game. And, yes. Um, you know, but I think it's, you know, I think you get a more of appreciation if you actually come to a game and then you can see, and, you know, and obviously winning brings out more too, but uh, you know, it, it's hard. I think Gary Bettman has done a phenomenal job. I really, I really do. The game is, is great. People are loving it. And, the, the game itself is really, really fun to watch for me as a fan and as a former player. Yeah, because there's nothing like the Stanley Cup playoffs. playoffs. I, mean, I say that um, all along. Yeah. How, how, how great is overtime in the playoffs? Ooh. Come on, if you don't like that, come on. It's, it's so much fun. I'm, I'm nervous. You know? The heart pumping, you know? <laughs> overtime itself is, I mean, if it goes into double or triple overtime, mm-hmm. I mean, how about Seth Jones? Seriously. Yes. Seth, oh, amazing player. Yeah. Five minutes. I mean, that's another U.S. Yeah. player. Great player. I mean, yeah. 65 minutes. And if you watched him in overtime, you thought it was the first period. That's he was right. Like, I, I mean, these guys are phenomenal. I mean, hey, he's, you know what? I don't get to watch. And it's, that's, a, that's another thing, I think. You know, this has allowed us to see teams that I'm not normally watching. Like, mm-hmm. You know, I hardly ever watch Columbus because I'm watching Ottawa 
you know, they might play uh, Columbus. I'm watching Ottawa because my son, I'm watching my Blues, I'm watching Calgary. But now I'm getting to see everybody. Now I get to know the league again. Mm-hmm. Seth Jones, I really never got to watch because he got traded out of Nashville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they gave up on him so, too soon, you know? Yeah. yeah. I don't want to get into that. But, <laughs> but, but what, my point is watching him, I'm like, oh, my God. This kid's an elite defenseman in the league. I mean, what he did, and they're not the most talented team. That's right. They work, they work and he is a big part of that success. Wow, that's true. And Tortorella, just, you know, another former Ranger coach, just like Vignon. I mean, I just, know, I, I, you know. It's hard not to give him the coach of the year. Yes. Like, because with their injuries, what they went through. Mm-hmm. I mean, Elaine's had obviously a great year, too. And I don't know, who's the other one? Mike, is it Mike Sullivan? Bruce Cassidy. Bruce, Bruce Cassidy. Cassidy. Yeah, Bruce Cassidy of uh, Boston Bruins. Yep, yep. Yeah, they've all dealt with different adversity. But, uh, I mean, Tortorella, to me, is the guy that should get, should get it based on the availability of his players and having so many players on the lineup and they must have used the most players this year for sure. It looks like Tampa's hit their, uh, hit their stride right now. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, this, it's, this is a, I'm telling you, I, mean, I unfortunately with this pandemic, it sucks for all of us. There's a lot of people that died and there's a lot of people that are going through hard times, but on the flip side, having hockey on 20, basically for me, 24 seven is, has been unbelievable. It's just been great hockey and it's great. People want to watch sports. I mean, this gives people a chance to get away from the reality and enjoy things and love things again. No question. No question about that. And here with uh, Keith Kachuk on the 32nd edition of Where They At. My name is Nabate Iles, and such an honor to have him. And, and Keith is also Director of Player Recruitment for the St. Louis Blues. And talk, uh, talk about that position on being able to, because you, know you know how to scope talent. I mean, you are a talent yourself, and, you, and you're able to develop your two sons to be uh, future Hall of Famers themselves. Well, you know, it's been fun working with the Blues and being part of last year. And, and um, you know, it's just great. I get I got to do different things. You know, I think I came back to the Blues in 2015 to do some amateur scouting and do different things. Now I'm doing college free agents, the guys who go undrafted, that go mm-hmm. on to college and develop later because that happens a lot. And, never get, and that's another point to tell kids. Don't get discouraged. You know, some people develop at a different time. And, some people develop later. And I mean, uh, the guy we have on our team, Tyler Bozak, he was a free agent signing uh, out of college. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's more and more players that are coming out of college that just develop later. Uh, Tory Krug's another guy for the Boston Bruins. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of what I do. So the only bad part about traveling is, is I have no home games because I have to travel. There's no yeah. universities in Division One that play in St. Louis. So I'm traveling quite a bit to Boston or to Michigan or to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Or now that AS, Arizona State has a team, I might pop down there. Yeah, play that, you know, better <laughs> down there for a couple of days. So That's right. Go back to Phoenix, the stomping grounds. <laughs> yeah, Things have changed a lot there, but uh, so that's what I kind of do. And you know, when I'm at home, I try to go to as many games as possible in San Luis and keep tabs of your team to see what's going on. Wow. And I feel like one of the Blues players too. So Robert Thomas, who is a, mm. a young player, was a very very good player for us. Right, right, absolutely, and that's the good, the diamonds and the rough, you know, it's not where you're from, it's where you're at, eventually, yeah. you know, absolutely. This is the 32nd edition of Where They At, my name is Nabate Isles, here with the great Keith Kachuk, five-time NHL All-Star, as well as United States Hockey Hall of Famer. So, Keith, very disappointing ending to the Blues, the St. Louis Blues, their season. Uh, they were the defending Stanley Cup champs going into the postseason this year in the bubble. Uh, it's just, it was a tough, it was a tough experience in the bubble for the Blues. I mean, Vladimir Tarasenko, shoulder still bothering him. He had to leave the bubble. Jordan Binnington was not the same goaltender after arriving at the bubble and of course did not have the postseason that he had last year helping the blues win the Stanley cup. So what happened overall to the team and, and how can the blues get back to the cup finals next year? It was tough. I mean, obviously Vancouver, you got to give them credit. I mean, they played really well. They're a young team, they're a fast team and they had a great power play. I think, you know, I think from the pause till the restart and, 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 in Edmonton, I just think we couldn't really get it going. Even the round robin games, we just obviously we finished uh, fourth, so we just weren't clicking. But uh, 
you know, hung around the series, made it a series, you know, fought back and just fell a little bit short. And obviously when you're, when you're, when you lose a, a pure goal scorer like Vladimir Tarasenko, it hurts. I mean, obviously, you know, especially against a team like Vancouver where, you know, they're going to score lots of goals. So obviously not having him and, you know, the career he's had to this point was, was dearly missed. And obviously Bennington, I mean, what Bennington did last year was great. I mean, everything was rolling without him in game seven. That's right. Awesome Bruins and that first period, we probably lose that game. So um, it just didn't happen. But you know what? At the end of the day, guys will learn and be back stronger and looking to win. With our GM in in our ownership, you know, they want to win right now. They will continue to put that put forth the best team. So no doubt in my mind with the guy core guys we have, and it's fun to watch. You get, you know, obviously Shannon. And O'Reilly and guys like Tarasenko, and you know, obviously, hopefully the Petrangelo thing gets settled. But with Bennington and that, and you know, we feel pretty strong that we'll be back there again. Now, the Stanley Cup Finals are are coming soon, so I have to get your pick. You know, which teams will represent the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference in the 2019-20 Stanley Cup Finals? I, I still think the winner of uh, the Bruins Tampa series is going to win. Okay, I think, the whole I think, thing. I think, I think the Boston Bruins are going to win. What about the Western Conference? Who's representing the Western Conference? Well, it's easy to say now with the series. I mean, I, I'm shocked that Colorado's down. Um, I still think Vegas will come out of the West. I think you'll see Vegas, Boston, Stanley Cup. So now before I let you go, uh, Mr. Kachuk, and it's such an honor to have you on where they at for sure and uh, great insight. And I wanted to hook you up with a segment that I normally do with players now. It's called Power Play. If you're a baseball player, it'd be hit and run. If you're a football player, it'd be no huddle. If you're a tennis player, it'd be serving volley, basketball, fast break. So this is Power Play. This is your version of where I ask you a random quick questions for sure. So, all right, here we go. Here we go. Now, Gretzky or Lemieux? Oh, jeez. <laughs> I had to lead off with that one. <laughs> wow. I, it's, I mean, Gretzky is the greatest player of all time. Okay. Okay, cool. Mario, Mario, his skill level. I don't know if there was anybody better. But, you know, Gretzky, his points, nobody will ever catch his points. Oh, that's right. And it's, you know, so crazy that the next person, Mark Messier, who's behind him, Gretzky still has more assists than Messier's total points. That's just crazy. (laughs) No, see you later. That's crazy. Well, now, most underrated player during your playing career, the name that people forgot about. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh. Wow. Yeah, there were some good ones. I know some great players. I wish you oh man. I mean, I played in the Western Conference. Guys like Yerry Lenton in Dallas were great players. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, the guys, I mean, I played with a guy named Dallas Drake who was a great who, yes. who was a great player in, in his own little way. And um <clears throat> I mean, there's so many guys. Jeez. Boy, that was a tough one. You gotta give me some <laughs> heads up on that one. <laughs> no, no, but you gave me two good names. You gave me two good names. <laughs> well, now teammates you most keep in touch with to this day. Wow, <clears throat> there's a few of them. I mean, uh, Dougie Waits, a friend of mine. Uh, Billy, uh, yes. Garen, Billy Garen, who I play with. Dallas Drake, obviously, who I play with. Um, whew. And then there's a lot of guys who live in St. Louis. Al McKinnis, who I'm um, oh, the uh, fastest shot ever. <laughs> stronger is a you know plays at the same golf course I play at. Brett Hall's there, mm-hmm. so I get to see a lot of these guys. Wow, yes, indeed. What history St. Louis had? Oh my goodness, all the great players, and even Gretz played there too. You know. So. Oh, is that Chantel? No, it's my son Brady. Uh, son Brady. Oh, what an honor. Oh, what's going, going on? on? How are you doing? Hey, Absolutely. Here. <laughs> <laughs> wow, no doubt. Nice to talk to Brady. That's for sure. <laughs> well, no. Oh, okay. Now, most bizarre teammate or eccentric. Let me say it in a better way. A better way. <laughs> God, I wish you gave me a heads up on this. Uh, <laughs> Oh my God! You, got, you you can say the first thing that comes to your mind because usually the first thing that comes to your mind means that's that's the answer. <laughs> I, 
I'm drawing a blank. I mean, I'm, I'm losing my mind anyways, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mike Eagles was a little bit different, but he was a solid guy. I played with him years ago in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. But he had some quirky things, you know, on preparation, but most it's mostly goalies. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, uh, the, you know, I mean, guys, goalies are the weirdest ones. I mean, <laughs> I, mean there was, there was some, I can't, God, I wish I could remember. Uh, sorry. Uh, no, that's all right. That's all right. No. Toughest player you've ever encountered in your career? Like fighting wise or? Uh, yeah, a combination of physicality and, and fighting. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? You, oh, man, you played against Meyer McSorley, Wendell Clark. These guys are, you know, scary individuals who can play and can, you know, scrap. I mean, there were so many of them. I mean, there was. Played in the early 90s. It was cutthroat. <laughs> but there were some tough guys. Ty Domi was a tough son of a bitch. Oh, yes. You know, Bob Probert. Bob Probert was Probert, probably, yeah. probably the scariest. Mm, wow, wow. Now, now, name two players who you would pick for your line mates. If you were to go out there and play one game for... I got to pick my two boys. Oh, I like that. I like that. Okay. <laughs> yes, indeed. Matthew and Brady. Yep. Okay. Brady, Brady, Brady will be fine playing with Matthew. Will probably bitching me for giving him a bad pass. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No. Which music artists or songs did you listen to to get amped up before a game? You know what? I just listened to whatever the guys listened to. But at the end of my career, they played some stuff that my daughter listens to, and I can't stand it. Well, I was more of a an 80s and a 70s guy, you know? Yep, yep. Hard rock, but I also like the disco, you know? Yes, indeed, of course, you know? And, and, and early hip-hop too, right? Something like that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and last question on the, on the um, Power Play segment. The film you can watch over and over and over again. Godfather. Ah, yes. Which one? One or two? One. The one. Okay, okay. I, I'm a two guy myself. I love oh, one, really? but I'm a two guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. they're, both, they're both awesome. So yeah, we can agree that three is like. Fuck eh. <laughs> the ball on that one. Well, uh, by the way, I watch my kids give give me crap too. I watch blue bu- blue buds all the time. Oh, blue, blue blood, blue bloods. Yeah, I watch that. Oh yeah, I can. Uh, I've watched it. Each episode, probably 15 times each episode. Just it's on TV, boom, bang, I'm all over. Wow, my good friend Hope McCollany was in that show for a couple of seasons. Now, before we go, and I got to say, Keith Kachuk, pleasure to have you on Where They At. I, I truly enjoyed um, talking with you, sir, absolutely, um, for sure. And, and now, your all-time starting lineup, USA team, all-time. Starting lineup. Give me your three linesmen. You can include yourself, your two defensemen, and your goalie. <laughs> oh well, Chelios and Leach are on defense. Richter Ooh. and that, and then uh, me, Matthew, and Brady, or me, Billy Garrett, and Doug Wade. Oh, I like that. A- any which way, that line is gonna be sick. <laughs> wow. Well, but Keith, I thank you for your insight. Thank you for your generosity, your graciousness. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me, Nabate. Take care. Thank you all for listening to the 32nd edition of Where They At with the great Keith Kachuk. Keith Kachuk, as I've mentioned, one of the greatest players to ever be born in the United States, America, and hockey. And he's someone over 500 career goals. You know, like only five Americans have done that, including himself. So it's been it's great to talk with Keith to talk about his approach to the game, how he has been able to be a tough player as well as a skilled player, like really multi-dimensional, multi-faceted hockey player, and someone that's not really talked about much. So I had to make sure to get him on the show. And definitely a shout out to his sons, Matthew and Brady, who have really been making waves in the current NHL already all-stars and uh, it's amazing what they're doing so thanks to Keith Kachuk for um, being on the show now if you want to hear more episodes of where they at make sure to go and subscribe and or follow me on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, also Stitcher as well. So anywhere we can get podcasts, you can definitely check out all 32 editions 
of where they at talking with extremely wonderful individuals hall of fame caliber talents for sure and it, and it's and it's just an honor to talk with them and get their perspective on how they became so great because it definitely translates to anything that all of us do and if you like the music that you hear make sure that you check out my website which is n a b a t e i s l e s.com that's nabateoz.com uh then and you can hear tracks from the album eclectic excursions and it's an album that i enjoyed making and had wonderful musicians and and engineers be a part of making uh, this record really uh just success overall make sure to check me out on katropolis radio network as well katropolis.net that's c a s t r o p o l i s.net as you can be able to hear my show stream every monday night at 8 p.m. on katropolis radio network but also too they have my shows as well at by episode so you can be able to check out any show that you would like to or check out multiple shows thanks again for listening to the 32nd edition of where they at my name is nabate Owls. remember be safe be woke be blessed black lives matter everyone take care god bless